What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the We Know Fantasy Contributors Podcast. I am your host this evening, Steve Pintado. I'm back doing this hosting gig, uh, and I brought some cool friends with me. First, I'd like to introduce Cody. What's going on, Cody? Not much, man. Just watching a little bit of Thursday Night Football. Uh, should be a good offensive shootout tonight between the Falcons and There's hopefully, so keeping my eye on that and just ready for week eight. Can't believe we're already there. Yes, it's halfway through the season, and I also have a, another great guest. Uh, Slayton, what's going on, bud? Uh, that is me. I'm Leighton, and I, too, am watching this game, and uh, I hope everyone started Curtis Samuel. Because, I mean, obviously, he was he was the guy that you were going to start going into this game. Like, obviously, Curtis Samuel was your guy. So if you if he's on your bench or if he's in your free agent pool, just like, that was your mistake, not anyone else's. Yeah. <laughs> I am one of those people that left him on my bench for a good reason. But I guess it, as of tonight, it was not a great reason, guys. Uh, but <laughs> process over product there was no way to guess that curtis samuel would be doing this you made the right decision and that's what fantasy football is just dying in your own great ideas that end up turning out to be bad ones at <laughs> <laughs> least ideas so uh but yeah we're the contributors podcast tonight guys and uh if you haven't already known we do a whole bunch of things here at the we know fantasy team uh let's start with um well, you could find everyone. Uh, find us at least. Uh, the we, the We Know Fantasy team here. You can uh, check us out on Twitter at We Know Fantasy, Instagram at We Know Fantasy, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. We have podcasts, live streams going basically every single day. Actually, every single day, starting off with Monday, the waiver wire wish list with Nate. On um, Tuesday, uh, Slamuel Samuels versus Schlanger episode one. Great to check out. Really, really fun. Uh, Wednesdays, the We Know Fantasy podcast is joined by the Fantasy Fro. Thursday, obviously us, the Contributors podcast. Uh, Friday, part two of Samuel versus Schlanger. Saturdays, we have the We Know Fantasy DFS special with Nick, the Fantasy Mechanic. And every Sunday at 11 a.m., some Twitch live streams with uh, Brian on the We Know Fantasy lock Twitch stream. So, uh, we got you guys something every single day. I uh, can always go check out the website as well at weknowfantasy.com. We got articles, breaking out weekly rankings, you name it. We got it for you over there. Uh, we're just doing everything we can for you today at the We Know Fantasy team. So uh, let's get right into the juicy stuff here. Uh, we'll be talking about players coming back from injuries. We have about seven or eight players we're going to kind of mention and what their impact is now that they're just about healthy and ready to come back and play some football. So uh, we didn't really talk about who was going to go first, but uh, Cody, we're going to let you go first on this one here. And we're going to talk about Michael Thomas. He should be back this weekend. He did practice a little bit this week, giving us some hope. Um, but what kind of impact does Michael Thomas make uh, now that he's back, hopefully, this weekend and week eight? <laughs> well, considering he was the... More than likely, number one wide receiver taken in your drafts this year. He's going to make a huge impact. Um, I'm very excited to get Michael Thomas back. I have him in a few, few dynasty leagues where I've had to put him on the IR here for a little bit this year and just patiently wait for him to return. And yeah, Michael Thomas, he's one of the best receivers in the league. Drew Brees has struggled a little bit this year without him, so I'm excited to see what 
happens when Michael Thomas is back in that rotation at, at wide receiver and see what Drew Brees can do. I mean, he's definitely a trusted target for Drew Brees in that Saints offense, and I think he's going to put up numbers from the start. Once again, keep an eye on this weekend. He's been practicing. He should play, but you never know. The Saints could play it safe, maybe sit him one more week, but just keep an eye on it. He, I believe he has a pretty... Uh, he has a pretty tough matchup this week against Chicago, but uh, definitely looking forward to having him back in the lineup and back uh, on my fantasy in my fantasy starting lineup for sure. See, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I got him. I actually traded for him shortly after his injury, um, thinking to take advantage of a buy low situation. Um, but I got to be honest, I'm a little worried. Um, and I, granted, this is this is a half PPR stack because that's what I had available to me. Um, on the quick, quick, uh, New Orleans wide receivers as a whole, their entire receiving core is only averaging 25.4 points per game. Like that's, that's not enough. I don't, I don't know. I think it's just a lot of production coming from Alvin Kamara and from Latavius Murray and Jared Cook catching touchdown passes. But like last year, by comparison, Michael Thomas by himself averaged 18.8 fantasy points. I just think... This this New Orleans offense isn't isn't humming quite like it was last year, and maybe maybe Michael Thomas is the key to that. Maybe when he comes back, they can get this passing game going. But also, like if you look at the first game of the season, the only game that Michael Thomas played the entire game, New Orleans put up 34 points. So you're expecting big day from Michael Thomas. Only three only three receptions for 17 yards on five targets. He wasn't even targeted a lot. Like, I, I, you, you start him as soon as he is back, as soon as he is healthy. Obviously, you are starting Michael Thomas, but I would kind of temper expectations. I'm really worried. Yes, I, I, um, I'm a little worried too. Just like I'm worried watching Calvin Ridley on the ground right now in a game, this exact game. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that right now because I'm going to freak out if he's hurt. But we'll, Michael, we'll talk about him coming back from this injury later in like five <laughs> minutes, you know? Yeah, we could maybe put it at the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Michael Thomas, he's he's an all-star, guys. He's going to come back and, and just help this team in general. Obviously, players like Traquan Trey, Trey Smith probably not going to be really fantasy relevant after that. Uh, but I'd love to see what him and Sanders can do on the field together at the same time. We didn't really get to see too much of that. And again, there's some concerns. He, I know he came back from his, his one injury, but I think he has another injury he's dealing with the hammy. Um, so again, you have to take that into some consideration right now. But you're getting a guy who's still a, a top-tier wide receiver. Just need to get him on the field. And I think once he's on the field, things are going to do well for him. And he's got great matchups coming down the road right here. He's going to make Drew Brees more efficient with his throws, give him more touchdown opportunities. He's going to loosen up the defense for guys like Jarrett Cook, Alvin Kamara in the backfield. I have no issues with them. Again, I don't know exactly how he fits in with Emmanuel Sanders because we really didn't see much from them after that first game. Uh, but I, I'm excited to get him back on the field. He's going to be a wide receiver one for you. Just just do with some caution, guys, because he is still coming off that injury. We're not sure how that's going to really affect him, but you should have most confidence that just want to start him on a week-to-week basis without hesitation. And I think that is a good point, um, given uh, what I mentioned about their wide receiver core not not scoring a lot of points per game. I think what Michael Thomas coming back really means is these two good, you know, two one good, one decent game you've had from Emmanuel Sanders might 
be the end of that. And I could see that as well. I mean, there are obviously times, even when he wasn't on the field, Sanders really didn't do that great. I mean, you know, I mean, a couple 15-point games here and there with that one 24-point game. But then again, he's on COVID too. Who knows? He, he's someone who I don't think is going to be back this weekend. So it might give him more Michael Thomas targets over the maybe the next couple of weeks here. So look out, look into that as well, watching Amanda Sanders as he comes off COVID at some point. So, uh, And let's go over the next guy. Uh, next guy, another top-tier player. We lost a lot of top-tier players this year. Uh, if you had a first-round pick at any place almost at this point, uh, you, you got screwed a little bit here. So the next guy, the very first overall pick is CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he couldn't make it back for the week, you know, this week game that we're watching right now on TV, but he should hopefully be back in week nine for us. You know, with him coming back, a guy like Mike Davis, who we're watching him play really well, um, you know, guys, how does that affect him? And then how does it affect the rest of the passing core who've been very good with my, uh, Christian McCaffrey not on the field? Yeah, this is definitely going to impact a lot of pieces of this Carolina offense that we've come to see here in the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, obviously one of the best players in the league. He's going to have an impact. He's going to be what you had hoped he's going to be. You know, Mike Davis, he's kind of been uh, floated around the league a little bit. Can't re- couldn't really find a, a job here and there he's he was in uh, i believe he was in seattle for a little bit he was in chicago and he never really latched on anywhere and here you see him in this carolina offense just absolutely tearing it up with christian mccaffrey out so in my opinion when mccaffrey comes back he's going to pick that right up you know if mike davis can do it christian mccaffrey should easily be able to to do what he uh do what he did last year and in the beginning of the year you look at what he accomplished the first two weeks of the season 28 and a half PPR fantasy points against the Raiders in week one, 24.8 in week two against Tampa Bay. So definitely a a big playmaker. But I look at Mike Davis when McCaffrey does come back. And in my opinion, I'm going to hold Mike Davis. I'm not going to put him in my starting lineup or anything crazy. But I think it's important to have a handcuff, especially, you know, if you have McCaffrey. So I'm I wouldn't want to drop Mike Davis if you have McCaffrey and even if you don't have McCaffrey I think Mike Davis is a guy that you can hold on to just in case something would happen again you never know coming back from injuries uh, like this I believe McCaffrey's was a high ankle sprain so you never know what could happen and Mike Davis he's proven here that if he uh, if McCaffrey would get hurt again he can obviously fill in and, and do a really nice job. Well, and I also wonder if uh, if Mike Davis maintains some kind of a role. I mean, look at how they've been using Curtis Samuel. If we're, I mean, if we're if we're watching this game right now and we're, and we're we're watching Curtis Samuel getting getting a rush for twelve yards, um, in addition to being used in the passing game, uh, because Curtis Samuel's is a wide receiver. Now you have Mike Davis, who has proven that he's a bruiser. Like it 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 wouldn't surprise me because I. Mike Davis might be more effective towards the goal line um, than Christian McCaffrey. Maybe they want to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy. Maybe Mike Davis does cut into some. I mean, Mike Davis has averaged uh, takeout last game when he had, like, I think 12 opportunities, um, opportunities being targets plus carries. He is averaging over 22 opportunities each game. Um, And he's, he's done nothing but prove how valuable of an asset he is. And on a team that 
I mean, they seem they seem to have a lot of guys that they want to use in a lot of different ways. I, I, I have a feeling that they will find a way to get Mike Davis and maybe Christian McCaffrey on the field at the same time. Christian McCaffrey, though, is obviously going to be back in the top five, um, not even running backs, top five fantasy player conversation. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited to get him back on the field a lot. You know, my only concern is, you know, how that high ankle sprain has recovered. You know, we saw the last show with Saquon Barkley, and we know Saquon Barkley, he took some time to really get his mojo back. I mean, he had a couple games he would be good, and then he kind of just up and down right now. And it was a bit of a concern last year, and then obviously he broke that, like, end-of-year streak. And that's not what I'm exactly assimilating what's going to happen with Christian McCaffrey, but it could be somewhat similar where it takes a couple games for him to really get going. Let's not forget he's got a bye week at some point, so you have to keep that into some consideration right now that they maybe not work him too hard. This Carolina Panthers team has a shot to make the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's a it's a it's a tough shot, but if they you know find a way to get Christian McCaffrey kind of going into the game more a little more on an easier side, let him like work his way back. Uh, that could be possible. The way that Mike Davis is playing, he's earned himself at least some kind of role, I think, with this team. Again, I don't think it really stops McCaffrey from being an RB1 whatsoever, but okay. you saw Mike Davis, and I'm watching this Atlanta game and watching Mike Davis play tonight, and I haven't seen a lot of Mike Davis, but he just is a good football player. I mean, I hadn't seen him play like this when he was in Chicago and whatever Cody said his other team he was on. I haven't seen him play like this. He's playing really good right now, and Again, he's not going to see that many carries, so he obviously loses his value, I would say, almost completely. He's strictly like one of those backups, like a like a Tony Pollard, who will have a couple carries here and there, but will never really be fantasy relevant. But if, obviously, the starter goes down like Christian McCaffrey, Mike Davis comes back and is basically an RB1. That's kind of how I view him moving forward. You shouldn't have any worries about McCaffrey. You start him every single week. And the wide receiver shouldn't really take too much of a hit. I mean, Mike Davis has seen about six or seven targets a game anyway. Christian McCaffrey wasn't really seeing that in the early on in the season. So uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about those guys whatsoever. Maybe Curtis Samuel sees less rushes than he's already seeing already, but that's really about it. You know what? Both of y'all are saying that Mike Davis, which, hey, Mike Davis is one of the best handcuffs in the game. You absolutely need him on your on your, uh, on your bench. But uh, I think he might have flex appeal going forward. And uh, and I, I'm going to take that position against the two of y'all. So, yeah, take that. It's a hot take right there. This it's is the first time for Mike Davis say there, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's go to uh, another a wide receiver this time. Um, a guy who had a lot of potential, a lot of hype going into the season here. We were I was very excited about him. Uh, but... Injury, cut him out for the last month now, and it's Alan Lazar. And he's been practicing a little bit. Uh, I don't think he's cleared off IR just yet, but I would assume if not this week, next week, I think we could see Alan Lazar back on the field. Uh, what is your guys' take on having Alan Lazar? Because he was kind of performing. I know Devontae Adams was kind of out most of those games, but uh, we had a big hopes for him this coming season here. So how do you feel about him? Yeah, so Lazard is off the IR. Uh, he actually did practice today, uh, Thursday, his first uh, practice back with the team. So excited to see Lazard here. Obviously, the team has, I believe it's 21 days following activation from the IR to actually uh, activate him and, and put him you know, in the game. 
And the last we saw of Alan Lazard, he had a six-catch performance for 146 yards and a touchdown against the New Orleans Saints. So definitely a guy here that has had a big game this year, has had some, you know, two touchdowns in three games isn't too bad, and and a couple fantasy performances of 15-plus points in the first three weeks of the season. But I just I can't really get into Alan Lazard or, or really get excited about a guy like this. I mean, Aaron Rodgers for a long time now, it's been Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones in that offense as the two main key contributors to that offense. And a, a number two wide receiver just hasn't really risen up to the, you know, the the potential of having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback to, you know, I, I just, I just about Alan Lazard. He's not somebody that that I think has a whole lot of potential going forward. I know the the schedule is, you know, it's all right going forward for the Packers. You got Jacksonville coming up, who's not particularly good, and and the Philadelphia pass defense is, is not particularly good either. But I'm just not a huge fan of Lazard or any wide receiver, too, for the Packers, for that matter, really, uh, going forward this year. See, I I am inclined to disagree with you only because of how freaking lights out Aaron Rodgers has been playing this this season. Um, we saw last year how much he liked Alan Lazard. He talked a lot how much he liked about how much he liked Alan Lazard. But they were a run first offense last year, and this year they're letting Aaron Rodgers sling the ball. And sure, we saw Devontae Adams come back from his injury and absolutely annihilate Houston um and uh and but but they're going to be much better defensive back situations moving forward that the Packers are going to have to have to be dealing with I mean uh, well Minnesota isn't one so <laughs> so I don't necessarily expect Devontae Adams to struggle against them but like Whenever there is a number one cornerback that can cover Devontae Adams, it's going to open up opportunities for Alan Lazard, and I want a part of this offense. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has unfortunately squandered his opportunity, um, but uh, with honestly, a lot of this is just Aaron Rodgers' vote of confidence. Because I think the I think the offense runs through him, and if he has been talking up a guy like Alan Lazard over the past year and a half, I'm going to trust that. And I think Alan Lazard has some definitely flex appeal and maybe wide receiver two upside, depending. Because um, their defense has been fine, but they're going to have to score points. They're going to have to put up points. They're going to have to pass. And Devontae Adams can't do it all. I mean, he can, but like he can't. <laughs> um, I, I'm on the favor of actually liking Alan Lazar. Uh, I was a big fan of him coming into the season here, and, and I think what happened early on were he didn't get the preseason, and they were trying to mix in MBS for some reason. You know, they they, they also hyped him up a little bit, saying, "Oh, he's looked a lot better in practice." Like we got to get him on the field, and you could see that early on that him and uh, him and Lazar were kind of battling that that number two spot. Well, Adams was kind of you know he's getting his ten care his ten targets, and MVS had his opportunity. I mean, he's seen almost twenty one targets since Alan Lazar has gone down. Uh, was it twenty one? No, seventeen targets since Alan Lazar has gone down and caught seven balls so far. Um, really hasn't looked on page with 
Aaron Rodgers. And I think at this point, you know that Aaron Rodgers just can't trust this guy. So, Alan Lazard back. I know he's not going to see probably 10, 8 targets on a week-to-week basis, but I think Alan, uh, Alan, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers trusts this guy, and I expect that Alan Lazar will probably be somewhat of a factor, maybe a, a somewhat of an R, wide receiver three in fantasy, uh, maybe a low end with some upside to his game still. And again, this just can't be Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones is a little banged up there, so that could cause him to not be able to be out there 24-7 as they try to rest him up for the playoff run. Um, Alan Lazar, I think, has an opportunity. Again, it's not amazing, and I wouldn't go nuts trying your force to get him, but he's a sneaky kind of sleeper pick that I would love to see if I can get on my team for cheap or just to pick him up if I can hold him for a little bit and see what he's able to do when he gets back on the field. Uh, so I'm excited to see Alan Lazar do some work. Yeah, I just want to mention here that the big game I mentioned with Lazard, the 6 for 146 and a touchdown, Devontae Adams was inactive that game, so Lazard was the number one receiver on the team. And you look at the Packers last week, they didn't. <laughs> there was not another receiver on the team besides Devontae Adams that had a catch in that game. You know, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was targeted but didn't have any receptions. And looking back at the previous games before that, you know, you have Marquez Valdez-Scantling 3 for 32 as the, the wide receiver 2. And then uh, the week before that, it's... It's it's not good either. It's Marquez Valdez Scantling four for forty five. So I just think the Packers don't use the wide receiver two enough for me to find uh, enough value in that. And I'm just going to stay away from from any Packers wide receiver two for that matter. To me, I think it's a trust issue that I think MVS does not have for Rogers does not have for him whatsoever. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm with Coach Steve on this one. I th- I I right. think. I, I think the first game of the season proved that um, that the Packers wide receiver two can have value. All right, so I like in that confrontation there. So uh, let's move on to another. <laughs> That's right. I'll kick your freaking butt, Cody. I don't know if we can curse <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know either, to be honest. But uh, we're not going to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to push it. I don't want to push it. Either. Uh, so let's go to the next guy real quick. Uh, this is a guy, I mean, he wasn't anything too special coming into the season, at least in my books. Uh, he came to a crowded situation, but he's coming back off IR, and he seems like he's a good shot to play this week um, with his main starter actually out, uh, giving him possibly an opportunity to do something in this backfield, and it's Tevin Coleman. Uh, he's coming off injury, being out for almost, I think it was about a month or so. And with Raheem Mostert out, um, you're going with a undrafted rookie in Hasty and Jared McKinnon, who was apparently too tired to play consistently. So bringing Tevin Coleman back and with a decent matchup and, you know, we know how 49ers running backs work. Does he intrigue you at all coming back? What does that kind of impact for this team here? Yeah, Tevin Coleman is another guy here that I'm just not very excited about. The 49ers backfield is just a merry-go-round of of guys right now, you know, that get the majority of the touches in a single game. And Raheem Mostert out and uh um Jarek McKinnon, you know, he he was supposed to have a big role last week and he didn't. And then Jamichael Hasty's another guy back there. Jeff Wilson Jr. is out now. It's just there's just so many names and so many guys. And I just look back to what Tevin Coleman has done this year and it's not very much in week two against the New York Jets he had 14 carries for only 12 yards in that game and I just don't know if I can trust putting any San Francisco running back right now 
in my starting lineup. You know, I have Jarek McKinnon in a few leagues, and I played him last week, and he was supposed to have this big role, and then nothing happened. And it was Jermichael Hasty and Jeff Wilson Jr. show. So you just there's just so many guys back there that you don't know who to trust when. And for that reason, I'm just I'd rather stay away from San Francisco running backs and not play any of, play any of them at all. See, I I I understand where you're coming from, and I I think that Jarek McKinnon screwing you over last week is clouding your judgment because um, it would do the same for me. I, I hate running back by, by committees. Um, I like give me a freaking lead back, please. Um, and I try to never have stock in a running back by committee, but it's Kyle freaking Shanahan. And you know, one of these guys is going to go off every single week. It's normally Raheem Mostert, obviously, whenever he starts. Um, it was Jarek McKinnon at first whenever Raheem Mostert went down and Tevin Coleman was already down. Um, and then you have one like Jeff Wilson had an insane freaking game and you want a piece of that uh, if you possibly can. And Tevin Coleman should be the guy. I don't think I don't think that that uh, if Tevin Coleman is healthy, so it, it might take a couple of games and we know Raheem Mostert might be out for a little bit. Um, but I wouldn't start Tevin Coleman in the first game back. But they they like Tevin Coleman. We saw how they used him last year and how good he was um, until he was injured last year. So we know Kyle Shanahan can use him in a way to give you a ton of fantasy points. At this point, he might even be available in your league. So like, just check check the free agent pool, see if you can pick him up for free. And like, that's what your that's what it would cost for you to for you to at least get him on your bench, which I think is a could potentially lead to uh, some point getting for at least a couple of weeks until Raheem Mostert is back. Yeah, I'm not I'm not thrilled with this uh, return of Tevin Coleman. I mean, he never really when he played this year it was very few times he played. I think it was like one game before he got hurt again. Uh, I didn't really see much that I really cared for. But again, it's the 49ers, the running back core. He could end up having a hundred yard game anytime now while most of it is out. Again, I'm not like thrilled to want to go out and have to go get him. Like I'm just if you can't if you don't you can't you can't like don't don't sweat it because he's injury prone himself. We've seen that over the last two years now. And I mean, if you need a running back, go get him, but I'm not thrilled with it. I mean, Jared McKinnon, I think, is still gonna be someone involved in this offense here. Uh, I mean, Jeff Wilson will be back at some point too. Hasty, I think we'll see some involvement still because he's looked kind of okay in those two games he's kind of been in so far. So I don't think they're going to just give this Tevin Coleman the entire ball back early on coming off injury right now. You can expect me a couple weeks before that really happens. And then by before you know it, Raheem Mostert's back. So I'm not too thrilled. But again, if you need a replacement for the next week or two, he could be somewhat providable of an RB3 option for you. Um, I'm just not thrilled to want to go out and snag him quickly. And let's go over the next one real quick here. Um, next one's a rookie who, again, my own self, I was really high on. Uh, didn't really play too much in the early season, but uh, played in one really decent game and then got hurt. And it was Michael Pittman Jr., Indianapolis Colts rookie. Uh, he is was practicing this week a few times, I believe. I don't think he practiced today. He's probably out this week, but more than likely week nine, I think he should probably be back. And he was doing much better than even T.Y. Hilton was. Uh, prior to his injury, 
between that time that Paris Campbell had been out and then he got hurt. So how do you guys feel about Michael Pittman possibly coming back, maybe having a second half surge? Well, I've been a little bit of a Debbie Downer here the last couple of guys, and okay. I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna continue to roll it over here again because <laughs> yes. because Michael Pittman Jr. I love the guy. I love his potential. He is you know the size and the speed, and coming out of USC, he was one. He was one of the best receivers in the country last year in college, and now the problem here with Indianapolis is Philip Rivers just stinks. He's just no good anymore. So he doesn't really have a quarterback that's going to be able to provide him with the targets and, and everything that he needs. You know, Phil Rivers, he's always turning the ball over. He only has one game, and it was back in week six, where he had over 20 fantasy points as a quarterback. So it's just, Phil Rivers just does not look good, and it's just tough for any wide receiver to get anything going in that Indianapolis offense this year. So... Michael Pittman Jr., as talented as he is, and and I really like him going forward, but in the short term, in any redraft league, I'm I'm going to stay away because his best performance this year was four catches for 37 yards. He hasn't scored yet. He hasn't seen more than six targets in a game, uh, and, and that's the highest amount of targets he's seen. You know, he, he the other two games, only two targets and four targets. So another guy here that I'm not excited about returning for my redraft league uh but in in dynasty formats definitely get this guy definitely hold on to this guy and and see what he can provide in the future but but right now i'm just not excited uh i wouldn't say that i'm excited because like like you said it's hard to get excited about any pass catcher in indianapolis right now um but there, <laughs> there was a guy named friggin marcus johnson um, who had eight targets, five receptions for 108 yards. Um, that's 15.8 fantasy points. And who the heck is Marcus Johnson? Um, and granted, that was against Cincinnati. But the starting wide receiver, the wide receiver one of any given team, has got to have some kind of value. And... Michael Pittman might be the guy who just takes that role because it's definitely not T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton looks as like he he looks like he aged five years over the course of one offseason. And that's not good for a guy who who has typically made his money, fantasy points, um, by being a deep threat and by being the fastest guy on the field. Now you have Michael Pittman Jr., who, yes, the only six targets as a maximum isn't too promising, but that was his second game with the team, period. No offseason program, really. No rookie program, for sure. No preseason games. Still getting to know the offense. And he was on the field for 92% of the snaps in that week two. And then they gave him the start in week three when... He was well on his way with four targets, three receptions, 26 yards when he got injured. And so I have a feeling he will probably be, and by probably, I'm going to go ahead and say he will definitely be the Indianapolis pass catcher with the most value. It's just a matter of what that ceiling possibly is. And his floor is obviously like very, very low. His floor is like, Almost sea level. So um, risk reward guy here, but he's also 
the thing he seems like he's available in over 90% of leagues. So if you need a potential home run guy, if you're looking for a guy who might maybe turn into a wide receiver too down the stretch, um, I'm not saying the odds are that that's going to happen, but considering, you know, some of the other guys that you're looking at in the free agent pool are like, I would rather have Michael Pittman on my on my bench than Preston Williams, Russell Gage, Adam Humphreys. Like these, like those are all really low ceiling guys. And at least at this point, when he's still a bit of an unknown, Michael Pittman's ceiling is much higher than pretty much anyone else you can find in the free agent pool right now. All right. Well, I'm on that positive trend. Actually, I might want to keep Russell Gage now because Calvin Ridley. Uh, oh yes. <laughs> hopefully he comes back in the second half now this game. I'm praying. I mean, it's raining, so I don't know. Uh but I I think Michael Pittman is a great if you're a team who's like five, six and one or what seven and oh, whatever you guys may be right now, five and two, and you have a, a chance to throw a guy on your bench for right now. Michael Pittman I think could be interesting. Again, Phil Rivers does not look great, but I think Michael Pittman fits more of what Phil Rivers is used to. I, I never like the TY compared matchup with him and i think michael pittman could kind of slide around the field especially in the slot that big body target kind of like a tight end and listen to their rest of the season matchups after they play detroit and baltimore not best matchups but they have tennessee green bay tennessee houston vegas houston pittsburgh uh those are all very favorable wide receiver matchups um and if you're looking for like i said uh i didn't say that uh Leighton said uh, Did I run- say that? Yes. Said it, not me. I'm not taking credit. <laughs> uh, if you're looking for that home run threat, it's perfect because he could end up doing something in that second half of the season. We haven't, you know, we're waiting to see what, what rookie is going to make that second half, that, that leap in the second half of the season. It could very well be Michael Pittman. Again, if you're a team who's not doing great, I wouldn't recommend it right now because I don't think he might need a couple of weeks before he really gets going. But if you've got a team who can kind of hold and wait on him and see what he can do something, I would take that shot every single time. In fact, I think I think Coach Steve and me just convinced myself to pick him up in a league. Um, yeah, like, who else is going to catch passes there? Exactly. I have, on my, I have him on all my IR spots, so I'm just waiting for him to go back and start line up at some point soon. All right, let's finish this up, guys. Got one more. We're going to mix these two together, and it's the mixture of Jalen Rieger and Dallas Goddard. Both guys, Melise Rieger coming back, and probably I think he is playing this weekend, if I'm mistaken. Dallas Goddard may or may not. I'm not sure yet on him. Probably maybe more of a week nine thing. Uh, But both these guys are practicing. One's off the IR. One's still pending. But they're coming back shortly, or now at least. And this Eagles offense needs some help. Uh, they really do. So what do these guys coming back means for this offense moving forward right now, uh, Cody? All right. Now I'm going to be able to get a little excited again. I'm, oh, I'm back. I'm back in, uh, on some positive, uh, oh positive vibes gosh. here from these guys. Um, Jalen Rager, man, this guy, I was very excited about him coming into this season. The opportunity that he was going to have with an Eagles offense that uh, is normally banged up in you know with guys like Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson who just always seem to be hurt I thought man it's only a matter of time before Rieger can come in here and really you know put up some big numbers early in his career and then he ended up being the guy that that got hurt and had to sit out a couple games but 
coming back into the mix here, he's got to immediately become the the best receiver on the team. I mean, he he, he he's a little unproven. He his best game came against the Rams in week 2, 4 for 41, but, but the Eagles are just struggling right now with pass catchers. So, I think Jalen Rager is going to come in here and and just be the guy from the get-go here starting this week. Facing a weak defense this week, Dallas Cowboys defense 26th in the league against opposing wide receivers. So I could see him coming in this week and having a nice week right away. And then looking at the Eagles' schedule down the stretch, they got Seattle, and they have New Orleans, and they have Dallas again. So you got a couple of good matchups on the schedule here down the stretch. New York Giants in Week 10, I missed that one as well. So, yeah, they there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Jalen Rager, and I'm very excited about him. And then we'll jump over to Dallas Goddard quickly and just say that Zach Ertz looked really bad in uh, his time, you know, on the field with the Eagles before his injury. And now Goddard's going to come in after looking pretty good in the beginning of the year and get a shot at being the true tight end number one on this Eagles offense, a role that he probably deserves at this point. So I'm very excited about that as well. Both of these guys coming back into uh, uh, back into the starting lineup for the Eagles is huge for these guys. Um, and like you mentioned, Steven, Rager is coming back this week. Uh, Eagles have a bye in week nine, so Goddard, I think, is on pace to come back in week 10 against those Giants that I was talking about earlier. So, yeah, very excited for both of these guys going forward. They both have a ton of potential. You know, Carson Wentz is a good quarterback, in my opinion at least. I know there's probably people out there that will disagree with me on that take, but I think Carson Wentz is a good quarterback, and I think he just needs weapons that are able to stay healthy, that he's able to use and utilize and to get everything out of Carson Wentz. So I'm looking very much forward to having these guys on the field. I I can't remember, and I, and I I did want to come in and just immediately like rain on your parade because that's kind <laughs> of been what what I've been trying to do this whole time um, because of because of our our uh, our conflicting interests. But um, I mean, Rager really does step into a great situation, and uh, I actually talked about this a lot on Samuels versus Schlanger, and I talked about it a lot because I'm talking with myself when that happens, so it's just a lot of talking. Um, but these rookie wide receivers, um, a lot of them were never going to break out before at least week five, week six, getting into halfway through the season. And you're, you're starting to see it now, like Justin Jefferson showing up, um, T Higgins showing up. These guys were, who have insane talent and could potentially, and could have potentially had immediate opportunity. It didn't matter because it was their first time in the NFL without a preseason, without a full off-season program. And I think Rager is in the exact same situation. Um, only now, uh, he's had more time, and, and even though he hasn't been on the field, I'd still give it... I wouldn't start him until Week 10, just because I think this will be another another nice ramp-up time for him. But, uh, but yeah, i got to agree with Cody. Like... Someone's got to take that number one, um, that number one wide receiver position and... It's Travis Fulgham right now, but <laughs> Jalen Rager is 100% more talented than, than, uh, than, than Travis Fulgham. Um, and as far as Goddard is concerned, all you have to do is look at what Richard Rodgers did last week. Eight targets, six receptions, 85 yards. Um, 
And that's Richard Rodgers, who, again, Dallas Goddard is significantly more talented. The Eagles love, love their tight ends, especially near the, near the, uh, near the end zone when you really want your tight ends to be catching passes. And uh, like Cody said, Zach Ertz, who? Uh, Dallas Goddard has been the star of this offense as far as pass catchers go for this season uh, up until he was injured, and I expect him to pick up where he left off. All right, guys. Yeah, um, I'm agreeing with these guys here. I, I like these two coming back. I think Fulgham's still going to be very much involved. Uh, so if you think that these guys coming back or just minimizes his role in this offense, I don't believe so. I think he earned himself some kind of decent role in this offense right now, especially with Deshaun Jackson gone and Alshon Jeffrey probably not really going to come back. Uh, Jalen Berger, I think he's a guy you could pick up, like Michael Pittman, throw him on your bench and see what happens. Dallas Goddard, if he's still out there, I would recommend getting him and putting him on your bench because I believe he gets a game or two probably without Zach Ertz. And again, uh, Zach Ertz didn't look that great already. So, And Dallas Goddard was doing better with them both on the field at the same time. So it's not like Ertz is just going to come back and Goddard will be gone. They were both very much on the field here. I like what both guys coming back are going to do with this offense here. Just improve everyone. Make Carson Wentz a, tr- a stable QB1, I think, the rest of the season. And uh, I'm excited if you can get these guys on your team right now. So uh, that is all of our injury comeback players, guys. Michael Thomas, CMC, Alan Lazar, Tevin Coleman, Michael Pittman, Jalen Rieger, Dallas Goddard, guys. And Calvin Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Calvin Ridley's back, guys. Uh, wide receiver one. No. <laughs> He's back. Hopefully, I don't know. We can hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers you're, crossed. You know, before you, I guess maybe, well, he, he posts these podcasts at night. So uh, you're maybe know at the same time we do. So, uh, but we thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, please go check out uh, the We Know Fantasy uh, website at www.wenofantasy.com for, you know, all the articles and everything that we do here at the We Know Fantasy team. Don't forget to check out the podcasts and live streams throughout the week, as I mentioned earlier in the episode. And, uh, you can give all us a, all give all of us a follow. You can follow me at Coach Stephen P. And guys, give your send offs and your socials. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. And you can find me on Twitter at LT Shalamuels. And you can find me on Instagram at Leighton Samuels Official. So uh, give us all a follow. Don't forget to follow the We Know Fantasy Twitter page. And ask us any questions anytime. And thank you for listening. And tune in until next time, guys. Thanks, y'all.